This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com/fool and enter the promo code fool. It's Thursday, June 23rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Molly Full Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Thursday. Thank you. Are you excited for the Brexit vote? Which is going on right now as we speak. The market's excited, isn't it? The market does the seem market excited. The market is uh, celebrating. We're, we're by on the rumor here. And the rumor is that the Brexit vote will go down. The Bremain vote will win. Yeah, Bremain is even worse than Brexit. <laughs> so, so the voting is it's happening. It's just sad when you're losing to Bremain. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of is. So, the vote is happening in England right now. The polls close at 10 p.m. In England, so 5 p.m. Eastern Time here in the States. And there is no exit polling. So there is no sense of how the vote is going. Maybe there's a sense of how turnout is, but there's no exit polling. And so the vote, the final results are expected to be announced Friday morning between 7 and 9 a.m. And again, that's in England. So that's the middle of the night it's here. Hard for Americans to understand that somebody else's time would dictate. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I have actually. I'm not going to name names, but I, I have actually talked to a couple of people who have taken that stance. Like, what? what, what <laughs> How dare they? Why are the, Why are their polls open until ten o'clock? Why are they allowed to have a different time at all? <laughs> but to your point, that really is how the market is reacting right now in the states. That this is uh, the, it's going to be status quo. And so, the idea that there's going to be this great upheaval with the UK leaving the European Union, uh, we're not worried about that. Market likes status quo a lot of the time, much more than uncertainty. And the betting odds, uh, as I see them online right now, are 83% chance of stay uh, in and 16% of, of leave. So, you know, it's, it's about a five out of six. Chance that the market is priced into the status quo remaining, and and that is good enough. Have you? And I I don't want to get into too many details because of, for regulatory reasons. But have have there been conversations in the Fool Funds Group regarding how you're going to invest differently if in fact the Brexit vote passes and the UK does end up leaving the European Union? Have those conversations taken place? No. No, because it, it would be reacting sort of to a hypothetical. Of course, you can look at the odds and say, well, in the one in six chance that this happens, what should we do? Uh, and we're not a quick turnover type of shop. We don't trade a lot. So, the companies that we own are likely to be, in our opinion, good ones to own for the next five, ten years. Now, it's certainly the case that uh, European stocks and, and British stocks in particular would be taking a hit, might take a big hit tomorrow. Maybe we should be dedicating a lot of time to it's a fairly small amount of the investment that's in England uh, anyway. But um, no, it's, it's not something that has looked uh, like it, it's enough of a worry to us, despite all the press that it gets everywhere else. So, the people who are already looking past this vote towards the possibility 
of similarly styled votes in France, in in other countries, in Europe, that's that's not even on your radar right now. That's not even a concern. You know, the the most proximate concern I think would be to take this because the odds the odds are similar that the betting market odds. So it's nice to have places where betting on presidential elections is done so that you can get some sort of odds and that is done in England. It's probably fun to be a bookmaker in England, wouldn't you think? I think so. Yeah. More fun than being a bookmaker here. Bets on all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, what the name of the royal baby is gonna be and all that. Uh, anyway, the, the odds of, of Trump winning are basically about the same in the markets right now as as the odds of England leaving. And I think it's it would be sort of similarly disruptive to the markets, uh, either one of those things. So if those odds change, uh, then you'll see a little bit of you know more volatility in our market, just as you've seen a lot of volatility in in England when when the odds were closer that uh, Brexit would go through. Uh, definitely, the, the European markets, in particular, and the U.S. markets to a lesser extent, did, did take a hit. All right, let's get to some company news. Bed Bath and Beyond's first quarter was a miss. They missed on profit, on revenue, on same store sales, and perhaps not surprisingly, shares of Bed Bath and Beyond hitting a five-year low this morning. I... What do you do here? I mean, because you know that there are investors out there saying, "Oh." This is a value. This is a value play. That is the question. Is this a value trap, or is there some value here? Bed Bath and Beyond. All right. Basically, subject to the same sort of retail pressures as many other companies, some of which we'll discuss in a minute, uh, has not been able to grow at at the rate at which it had prior to online retail becoming the force that it is. Nevertheless. Bed Bath and Beyond has continued to grow sales every year, and it's grown sales, but it hasn't grown profits, and it has not even really grown earnings per share very much, even though it's, it's aggressively bought back shares. As you mentioned, uh, it's reaching uh, you know some new lows, and it's been cut in half. So a lot of those shares were repurchased at prices significantly higher, basically double what the price is today. So. You look at it at eight times earnings right now, and the earnings have been reasonably flat, but reasonably okay, sort of five dollars a share. And you say, well, there aren't that many companies trading in this market at a PE of of eight, and and don't seem to be in massive trouble. But I don't know that it's going to be a good investment unless it convinces. People that there's a brighter future than a present. This also seems like the type of buying opportunity, if you want to think of it that way, where you would have to have this stock on an unbelievably short leash. This, I think, if you're looking at this and saying, "Well, it's on a valuation basis, it's really cheap," this, you know, from a price standpoint, it's at a five-year low. I think I can squeeze some value out of this, but it seems like okay. If you're going to go ahead and do that, then you better be watching this stock every single day for the rest of 2016, waiting for whatever whatever type of pop you're thinking of out of whatever your investing thesis is. Maybe I, I guess you can take the position that it just seems to be safer than a lot of other things, simply because of the price that the price is providing. A bit of a net here, and if if online and the various other 
not all of the competitive pressure comes online and they have their own online business and you can go to Bed Bath and Beyond and see that they've got plenty of things for sale and they get online sales. Right, because as we've said before, it's not just Bed and Bath. It's also beyond. It's it's every, really, you know, and with <laughs> the Star Trek movie this summer, isn't that uh, beyond? Yes. I mean, that's got to help. Is there a tie in there? If there isn't, then somebody's dropped the ball. Because <laughs> it's a natural. God, how great would that be if some, if some marketing whiz over at Bed Bath & Beyond pitched that idea? No, no, no. It's Are the name listening? of the Star Trek movie. <laughs> and we get to have, for just $10 million up front, They'll write in a scene where Bed Bath and Beyond still exists in the what is it the 23rd century the 24th century. I don't think they write in a scene. I think it's one of those commercials where you've got the Star Trek characters and they happen to be at Bed Bath and Beyond for some. They've been transported back in time. It's a natural. I think it probably happens every couple shows that they end up shopping. Look, you're gonna need, you're, you're gonna need towels in space and bedding and bedding and bedding. And all the other things you and can beyond. get. Uh, b- before we move on, speaking speaking of online competition, uh, I want to say a word about Casper Mattress, uh, which is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly to the consumer. Even you, Bill, even if you're in the market for a mattress, you can check it out because y- you know what they are over at Casper? They're obsessively engineering these mattresses. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's you know the you, good kind of obsession because there there's treatment for certain kinds of of obsession. I like to think that this is the good kind of obsession, in the in the way that we've seen with other products out there. Um, here's what you can positive do. connotations. <laughs> All the positive connotations. Um, you can buy easily online and completely risk free because they offer free delivery and painless returns within a 100 day period. So here in all seriousness, here's what's great about a Casper mattress. You don't have to go lie down in a showroom. You can buy one of their mattresses. It gets delivered to your home. You get to test it out for a few months. And then if you don't like it, you send it back. Um, you can get a twin mattress for $500 or a king size mattress for $950. And because I know you're a little, I don't want to say you're cheap, but you're on the thrifty side, uh, you can save an additional $50 uh, towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash fool and to the promo code fool. Terms and conditions apply. But then again, don't they always? <laughs> Uh, let's talk Barnes and Noble. Uh, help me understand this because Barnes and Noble's fourth quarter. Amazon. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Stick with me. Barnes and Noble's fourth quarter bears a striking resemblance to Bed Bath and Beyond's. All right. Uh, same store sales were down. Revenue came in lower than expected. They reported a loss for the quarter. So there's you know there's no profits to talk about. And yet, shares are up nine ten percent this morning. Are, are expectations for Barnes and Noble just significantly lower than they are for someone like Bed Bath and Beyond? So, I'll, I'll explain this in in two steps. One is that for reasons which, right now, as I'm looking at uh, the stock ticker, Barnes and Noble's going for eleven twenty nine a share. On at the close of the market on Tuesday, it was going for eleven twenty three. Yesterday, Wednesday, it closed at ten forty four. So people sold the stock off yesterday. Uh, apparently, in fear of what today's report would bring, the report came in, and it is about what was expected on Tuesday. So I hope that helps clarify that this is not some new enthusiastic change in market sentiment for 
Barnes and Noble, uh, it's really yesterday it, it, there was a big sell-off. In- so yesterday the feeling was, oh my God, this is going to be horrific, and then today it's like, oh, oh well, it was it was bad. It's but only it- as horrific as we thought <laughs> on Tuesday. It wasn't some new level of of you know nightmare, uh, which has been you know kind of a long. 10, 15 years for Barnes and Noble, uh, and continues to be a tough environment. And another reason why it may be up a little bit today is they had an investor analyst meeting, and I caught a little bit of this online just toward the end because it was uh, early, and I, I just caught the end of it. Uh, but they're talking about a new concept uh, that they're rolling out in, in 2017, four locations starting, or maybe in October of this year, the first one, uh, in East Chester, New York. And there's going to be a little bit of an outside, and there's going to be some, um, you know, alcohol served. So it's, you know, doing a little bit of the same look at can alcohol be something that we rely on to keep people around in the stores. Uh, Starbucks has looked at this, and you know Chipotle, and and it's a thing. Whole Foods, right? But right, but Starbucks and Chipotle, the underlying business is food and beverage. This is a bookstore that's that's now apparently um, hired uh, an executive to head their new restaurant group. So this is a bookstore that's saying, hey, you know what's going to really move books? Getting people drunk. Well, you know what has worked better in the last ten years is serving food than selling books in a bookstore. Uh, the restaurant groups, uh, as a whole, have done great, and you know books have just gone away. <clears throat> and what's really gone away for Barnes and Noble is Nook, which I guess it was worth a shot, maybe. Apparently not in terms of the actual cash earned, uh, but looking at what Kindle was doing and thinking. We're going to be buried by this if we don't compete against it. Uh, they, I guess, were both, both buried by it, and competed against it. Lost money, and now they're taking steps back. All right. Having just made fun of this idea, let me go to the other side. If this works, let's say that this works, and these four new concepts actually, or these four new locations actually bear fruit for them. Mm-hmm. How quickly do you think we as investors will know this? What 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 is the sign to look for? Is it hey, we're rolling out eight more? I don't know. I think that it is going to start as a small part, right, of a, of a business. Now there are fewer locations for Barnes and Noble than there used to be, but you know another place that they've got, uh, and they could do this is all the college uh, stores. Right, the college bookstores that are run by Barnes and Noble. Yeah, you've seen those. You've been in those. Sure. And from what I understand, the kids in college still drink. <laughs> right. The not, legal ones. Not, I mean, the twenty-one-year-olds. Right. The rest wait patiently. The college students who are birthday. eighteen, nineteen, and twenty—they wait their turn. Right. Law-abiding citizens that are college-going youth is sure. I assume I haven't been on enough campuses to know. Do you really think that that if these four new locations for Barnes and Noble work out, that their next move is to open one on the college campus? I think they're, you know, grasping at straws, right? I mean, and this might work out, and they've still got a, a business that exists and hasn't made money basically for the last five years, and they're looking at a business that typically does make money. All right. I think that's what they're doing. You know what? The Barnes & Noble that's uh, a, a couple of miles away from here. Well, let me just add, you, you've been known to read. Uh, yes. Do you ever do so without a drink in your hand? 
Uh, you're at home. You're op- your book is open on your lap. What's the chance that you're drinking? Um, let's see. I would say between reading at work they and, also reading serve at, coffee. and reading at home, uh, there's a 100% chance I'm drinking something when I'm reading. Okay. So they're just getting getting <laughs> so, around so it. So take heart, Barnes & Noble shareholders. You've got one customer that's guaranteed to be partaking in your new plan. Before we wrap up, uh, want to see if we can engage because recently, uh, our our among our dozens of listeners in India, uh, who stepped up wonderfully uh, with some research, uh, sharing their own experiences with online retail in India, and that worked out so well. I thought we'd like to appeal to our dozens of listeners in the Great White North, and I'm not referring to to Jim Gillies. Jim, you can sit this one out, but he wouldn't um, know. He's he's in Guelph. He's in Guelph, which we're we've not talked going to be before. talking about. Right, we're not going to Guelph. But as we we learned recently, you and I are each independently. Going with our families this summer to Montreal, and we need some we need some advice. What what are things to do in Montreal when you have human children? So email us and possibly a dog. Uh, okay, you're bringing a dog to Montreal. Uh, can I? Does the dog have a passport? No. I, Is that a problem? Didn't Johnny Depp get into trouble like bringing his dogs to Australia because they like it's Australia. It's not Canada. Canada loves dogs, unlike the <laughs> the Australians, where the dogs are the wild dogs are out like eating people's babies. That's why they've got to stop them from coming in. You think that was what was going on with Johnny Depp's dog? I don't know. Um, I, I think you I'm need to. I think the, you need to check with the brave uh, Canadians. Uh, aren't going to inflict the same unreasonable restrictions on canine transport. Uh, you know what? That, that's an issue. You'll Maybe have to we, deal this with. is what we need to find out. Yeah, and by we, I mean you. Yeah, you're not. You I, don't have a dog. I don't have a dog, so I don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to be. Otherwise, at the largely considered a good father, but you know <laughs> the fact that you have never gotten a dog is uh, not in that category. It's not in the category. Good, good dad points. Everything else, you're scoring well. But look, you can you can get the perfect score. There's still time. I'll, I'll think that over. Okay. In the meantime, our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com for anyone who has tips on uh, what to do in Montreal, which is a, a, a fabulous city, but I haven't been there with my kids before. We'll take tips from Americans as well, if there yes. are any that have ever been to Montreal. Marketfoolery at fool.com. You can read more from Bill Barker and his colleagues. Go to foolfunds.com and sign up for declarations. It's their free monthly newsletter. But before you do that, and you've been to Montreal, just drop us an email, marketfoolerful.com. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.